This is a Rooster Teeth production. For centuries, there have been rumors of a gigantic creature lurking in the depths of a loch deep in Scotland. Today, we dive back into the world of cryptids as we discuss the realm of possibilities surrounding the infamous Loch Ness Monster. This is Red Web. It's another Mystery Monday. I'm Trevor Collins. That's Alfredo Diaz. Super excited to be hearing that we're covering Loch Ness, it sounds like. Nessie? Yeah. Oh, Nessie. Oh, Loch Ness. Oh, Nessie. Oh, my goodness. I... You know, I thought this would pop up eventually. Oh, of course. Uh, not 50 episodes in, but eventually. And here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is another one where it's just like I have heard about it right. all, pretty much all my life, right? And I've it's been recycled around different media, types of media, right? Whether it be audio, video, books. There was definitely whatnot. a movie, right? There was a movie where somebody like adopted this little... Uh, hippopotamus monster and they grew it up in their bathtub yeah and then it became nessie right i never i never saw it but man did i see the previews for that thing a million times i remember playing apex and there's like a little like uh this look i guess a little stuffed toy that you can find on the map oh yeah it's like nessie too as well and so it's like uh, and when i saw i was like oh that's 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 the lock this monster Ooh, but it's like do i know where it is do i know anything about it like the the theories around it what it eats what it I have no clue. It eats what it sh- it's all one thing. It's a it's that's why it's a cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> Everything passes through exactly as it went in. Yeah, I mean the Loch Ness monster is arguably one of the most popular, well-known cryptids of the world. Bigfoot probably being numero uno. Yeah. Uh up the there with the Yeti foot. and all that. Oh, he has oh, huge feet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Loch Ness monster, I'm sure that everybody listening at home right now. Uh, knows about the Loch Ness Monster. In fact, if you don't know about the Loch Ness Monster, I would love to hear from you if we're the one breaking open this story for you. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to hear from you. I would say stop, uh-huh. go to, I don't know, your phone or something like that, uh-huh. pull up Twitter, Yes. tweet at RedWebPod, yes. and write what you think the Loch Ness Monster is. Right now, just absolutely <laughs> gut instinct. Fredo, I love that you're passing the gut check to the task force at home. I want to hear from you. Like, we got you a Scottish lake. We've got a, a a monster who's called Loch Ness. The nickname's Nessie. It's all you have to go off of. Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. Yeah, hit us with it. Like, <laughs> what, what do you think it is? Give us that description. If you throw at me that there's a family of Loch Ness monsters and some of the theories... I will leave this damn podcast. <laughs> if you throw another Bigfoot situation at me, I'm like, look, there's a handful of them hanging out in the trees. I'm like, bro, come on, man. There's the it's a convention every year. <laughs> every year they get they together. They go to Scotland just because it's the tax havens in the cryptid world. You don't know cryptid law, but I'm well versed well in it. Versed. Yes, I'm a cryptid I'm lawyer. I'm actually a lawyer. In cryptid yeah, yeah. Law. <laughs> Cryptolog- cryptography. Cryptocomedy. <laughs> yeah, it's cryptocomplicated, actually. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, let's dive into it a little bit, like the origin of Loch Ness. This will probably be where I tickle your brains a little bit more with stuff you might not know about. 
the origin of Loch Ness, how the the lore, the stories, the creature, all of that kind of came to be and came to be so popular. And then obviously we'll dive into the investigation, some popular photos, Fredo, I've got for you that I'm sure the audience at home has seen or know of. And then uh, the other bit of housekeeping I wanted to say uh, a few episodes ago, we shouted out the casual criminalist and they did as well. They shouted us out in a recent episode of theirs. And I just wanted to uh, to say, like, you guys have been really awesome and resonating with us and connecting us with Simon. And it's been really cool to see how many people listen to both shows, because honestly, I, I listen to many of Simon's shows. He's the host of a lot of fantastic products. So, again, I'll just give him a little, another little nudge. Casual criminalist. If you uh, if you like what we do here, you're going to love what he does there. It's very similar talking about mysteries with a lot of humor along the way. But yeah, with that said, that was just a freebie. I'm just a, you know, I'm just geeking out a little fan right now. Yep, but just a fan of it. But yeah, let's dive into the episode. Let's talk about the Loch Ness Monster. So as you know, it's an aquatic monster rumored to live in Loch Ness. A loch is essentially a lake or a sea inlet. And uh, Ness, the idea of Ness, comes from the river Ness that flows into this particular body of water. Therefore, you have Loch Ness. That's where the monster gets its name. It's also nicknamed Nessie, as you mentioned earlier. And this lock is located in the Highland Council area of Scotland. Now I'm wondering if this monster has a beautiful Scottish accent. Most likely. I'm just picturing a very sophisticated Scottish Loch Ness monster. Ooh, I won't. I won't ooh, attempt it too ooh, far. Ooh, you touched it for a second. I went. Oh. <laughs> he did. He looked right at me. He went. He was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. The attempt. Loch Ness is one of the four lochs that sit in Great Glen. This was a valley that was created by glaciers back in the last ice age that kind of carved their way through there, creating yeah. these low spots. For I've seen that movie, that squirrel. What squirrel? Great Glen? Ice age. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. How'd I miss that one? <laughs> this man's rolling around on the floor, <laughs> laughing at me. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this one back. Oh oh, a, a dandelion must be the last one of the season. <laughs> Got him, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, what, what squirrel? <laughs> like squirrel, dude. What what movie's Great Glenn? What are you talking about? Oh my god! Oh my god! It could have gotten any better. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, please. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm keep it under control. <laughs> All right, everyone. Serious. <laughs> so let's talk about the lock because not a lot of people have a very good idea of what maybe this looks like or, or the size of this lake because we're talking about a, an arguably huge monster swimming around this thing. So I want to outline for you yeah. just how like modest. Give me measurements. I'll give you some strict measurements in two different units for your uh, for your oh, pleasure. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So 788 feet in depth. That's 240 meters if you prefer. But it is, so it's very deep, but it's also 23 miles long oh. or 37 kilometers. So it is the largest body of freshwater found in Great Britain. A relatively small landmass surrounded by salt water. So it's Jesus. a pretty significant thing to have this big of a body of fresh water. Yeah, here. that's a significant drive. Yeah. Alone. All right. Well, that's good because if you told me it was in like a little itty bitty pond. Yeah, also found in Skeleton Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, right, right next to those 1,500 bodies or whatever. Jesus. Yeah, because I always thought like, all right, if we have some sort of prehistoric monster kind of trapped in this body of water, 
How how, how is world. that the case? Yeah. But also like, is it able to move? Can it just turn around and it just does U-turns all day? Like, but no, it is quite the big size lock. Another point of note here that I will circle back around to, but I didn't know about the average temperature of Loch Ness year round is about 41 degrees Fahrenheit or five degrees Celsius. So barely above freezing. That is chilly. Don't want to go on a swim. That, that is lake, yeah. chilly. So if you tell me there's not a lot of people that have gone into the water looking for Nessie, mm-hmm. I don't know why now. It's freezing. <laughs> yeah, not a tropical getaway here. But when it comes to the idea of a sea monster inhabiting this particular lake, this idea, this concept, it's been around since ancient times where the Picts would carve images of mysterious beasts with flippers onto stones in the area. So these ancient groups of peoples known as the Picts, they lived in what is now northern and eastern Scotland, but this was during the early Middle Ages that they are depicting this very strange beast in the water uh, or at least around the watery area, has these fins, and they've carved what at least, it's either a story of theirs, obviously, or it's eyewitness accounts, and they're carving what they've seen into the stones in the area. Yeah, I was about to say, how do we know it's not like a story that was being told? Right. Know? But, um, okay. So it's going far back. Yeah, that, that goes way further back than I thought. I'm interested in, because I know we'll get there, in, in seeing like, the different time periods that uh, quote unquote evidence pops up or sightings mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But it's nice to kind of like know where it starts so, uh, somewhat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's really interesting how far back it, it starts. Yeah, because I mean, I'll be honest, like you see, like you hear about it in media or whatnot, like every now and then the story or like in a movie, but like from, you know, what I've seen, it's just like, oh, it's just like, a picture of a shadowy figure in a lake, right? And so to me, I was like, ah, that must have been how they thought there was something there. But like through carvings is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And the first written account, so we have the, the first carving, the first kind of depictions that we've seen. But now the first written account of the Loch Ness Monster dates back to 565 AD in the biography of St. Columba. I'll kind of dive into that a little bit, um, but... Just to get you up to speed really quickly for those who aren't historians, which most of us I'm sure aren't, St. Columba was an Irish monk who became the most important Scottish saint of his era and most well-known for converting the Scottish Picts, who I just recently talked about, to Christianity. Now, he and one of his missionaries, Adamnon, were the two who encountered the monster, and Adamnon went along to write the aforementioned biography, and that biography was entitled Life of St. Columba. And it was in this biography that the Loch Ness Monster was first mentioned. And it's really interesting how it comes about. Again, it's really hard to kind of delineate, is this fanciful storytelling or is this a real encounter? But I guess that's what we're going to have when you you talk about a cryptid. But in the biography, he outlines this mysterious creature that claimed to have bitten a swimmer and was headed for yet another swimmer until St. Columba ordered the beast to leave. At that point, the creature supposedly obeyed Columba and was only sighted occasionally in the centuries to follow. All right, that that is like a fluff piece on I the think, story. I think you, you might be right. You might be like, right. If you said they saw an encounter, bit a swimmer, was going for another swimmer, look, I I got nothing there, right? Maybe We're, you did, maybe you did. The fact that this priest, what, 
relieve, uh, the, I wouldn't. I would be surprised if you know you didn't have like also walked on water as right. talked to like right. you know rose uh, raised his hands towards the beast and said back and right. then, and then back went away. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, what? if your goal is to kind of convert people of the area to your particular flavor of religion, you might want to kind of claim build, that you like, right you want to you might want to put some uh, some extra uh, efforts under your belt a little bit you might want to claim a little bit spice up some, some stories right conjure up some tales yeah that part just makes me go nah that didn't happen yeah no way but i mean if there was someone that was bitten where's their biography i want that biography maybe it's just called bite yeah the story of me <laughs> um, bitten i want I'm bitten also nice. like damn like the loch ness monster is old very, yeah. That's like this is the information that I was like, ooh, this is a little spicy. I that, like this. I'm also interested in seeing like what the uh latest yeah. encounter or the the most recent finding is because I, I wanna see how old we're thinking the Loch Ness monster is at that point. Yeah. I mean th- you're right. I think you you there's two schools of thought here and we'll kind of dive into it in the theories a little bit, but on the whole, is it one creature or is it a species, a very rare species located in this, and that every now and then you see one of these species, right. and, and we just kind of go, that's that monster. Because otherwise, if it is one creature, it's centuries and centuries and centuries old. Really? Uh, on the other hand, you know... I mean, it, turtles live for a long time. That's true. Maybe maybe Nessie's a turtle. The big old... The Christmas, the Christmas <laughs> chase. He was like, mm. He was like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I know about that, Chief. Let's try to keep it quiet. <laughs> I just don't look. I just don't look. I just, don't look at him. I don't look at him. Yeah, been in um, person. His looks have way too much power. No, he he couldn't take my owl theory. My it's Serious my omni drag. theory that it really oh, answers yeah. everything. <laughs> owl theory. I think owls oh, are behind everything. I'm gonna God. I'm gonna keep on that one. Maybe we've got an owl pin set coming back. Yeah, I, oh, I did too. <laughs> I, I forgot about it until everybody uh, started hitting me up with like all this like owl talk. And I was like. It, it goes far. Maybe we'll have to do an owl episode, and it's just me with a very tight tinfoil hat as the circulation slowly leaves my brain. I'll but, come and um, dress as an owl. All right. Well, this is an just, audio podcast. Just that's for, just for you. That's just for us. That is solely for us. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting how far back this goes. And it's and it's even more interesting if you even want to like if you're a skeptic right and you don't want to believe in this stuff it's still really interesting from a story perspective to to listen to how the Loch Ness Monster goes from some of these potential origins to where it has been in recent decades to where it is now I think it's a really interesting evolution uh, of a story from folklore to to scientific exploration but these occasional sightings thereafter right kind of inspire the Scottish folklore because of their recurring inclusion of sea monsters. Scottish, the Scottish being so close to the sea uh, and the sea being so big, open, huge, and mysterious. Obviously, there are a lot of folk tales and folklore yeah. from many cultures that are seafaring about monsters under the under the depths of various right. types. We, we talked about how big the water was, but do we talk about how big like the, the Loch Ness Monster is supposed to be? We have not actually. Okay, because the, the the thing that's crossing my mind right now is, as time has passed, technology advances. If the Loch Ness monster is even decently big enough, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking like you know, three three feet long. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Jersey Devil here. <laughs> yeah, um, 
then you'd think it would show up on some type of sonar if there's a boat going right. through it. If oh. boats go through that, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely dive into a little bit of the search for Nessie and the investigation. Oh, I like that. We're getting close. But Christian, that's a good point. Just while we're talking about the background, do do we have, like, I know it's hard to say because these are all sightings and so they're all very roughed out, these yeah. estimates. But do we have a rough estimate from various sightings over the years? From what we were reading, we couldn't find anything, and I'm still reading, just to check. We couldn't find anything that was giving actual numbers. Just everybody said it was of enormous size. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the sightings were so quick and fleeting, nobody was able to get like an actual estimate measurement. Makes sense. Yeah, and I, I assume it'd be hard to, right? Because if you see it, you see it. Um, but you're only going to see like a piece of it out of the water and like, it's like a shark and you go, Oh, that's a big old fin. But mm -hmm. like, how big is the shark really? It's, it's also when, it, and there are photos that I'm going to show you here in a second fray, but it's, it's interesting because when you see something in the middle of a body of water and the photo only contains it and the waves, you don't really have any idea of scale. Yeah, you have you nothing don't. to compare it to. And obviously natural wind swept waves have a general size, right? So you can kind of go off that, but if it's making its own waves because of movement or right. whatever, or I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll it just wouldn't be accurate, right? Like, it, it would be such a such a wide estimate. Mm -hmm. But you know, we talked about a few hundred A.D. We're, we're going to jump all the way up to the 20th century in 1933. There was a road that was completed next to Loch Ness. It actually ran parallel to the lock, and this increased the foot traffic, the car traffic, whatever. It increased traffic along the lake. Yeah. And so this gave people more opportunity to see the lake and perhaps have sightings. In fact, on May 2nd of 1933, the Inverness Courier reported on a couple that had seen, quote, the creature disport itself, rolling and plunging for fully a minute, its body resembling that of a whale and the water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron, end quote. Obviously, folks of a different time because that was poetic as hell. Yeah. Um, very um, New York Timesian of them. A whole minute? Yeah. They were saying they basically saw this creature moving and undulating uh, at the surface of the water and, and churning up the waves a little bit and whatnot. And this sighting, I should clarify, the, the article came out in May, but the sighting took place the month prior of, in April of mm -hmm. 1933. In addition to this, they also said that the enormous creature sent out waves that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer. So that gives you somewhat of an idea of its size, a passing steamer being, you know, variable in its size in and of itself, but obviously Yeah, but hefty. large. Yeah. yeah, not something like a jet ski, you know. There was another couple that actually said that they soon saw something after that April 1933 sighting, and they claimed that they were driving on this new road when, quote, a dragon-like animal or prehistoric monster, end quote, crossed the street right in front of their car and disappeared into the lake. So they said they saw it oh, on the road. On the land? Yeah, slithering about. And then it... This uh, is getting crazy. Okay, so with the, this first sighting, uh -huh. do we know if by at this point the Loch Ness Monster has been just, like, popularized at that, at that point? Uh, it's hard to say. If I were to yeah, I think it'd be pretty wager, hard to answer that. Yeah, I, the I, like local tales. Yeah. It's a local thing. I think it's a local and... thing. But as you're gonna soon find out, I think this is really what kicked it off into the modern era. This is what kicked up a lot of articles, a lot of attention in the media, which then, as we've seen in previous other uh, cryptid topics yeah. and supernatural topics, 
really only serve to serve it up on a platter and send this out into the masses. Mm. Okay. I was just curious, and I know that was a hard um, question to answer, simply mm. because, like, if by this point there were, like, you know, hey, come check out the Loch Ness Monster and all that right. kind of stuff, and it's like, well, yeah, now it's going to be an avalanche of, mm-hmm. of all these uh, sightings, as I air quote. Right. But if it's just, if it wasn't as popular, then I don't know. But that's just me just being me just goes, all right, I get, I get there's a little bit of like leeway instead of just completely doubting it off my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, maybe they did see something, right? It's like, because at that point, there's less to gain. Right. There's more to gain from it. I'm just like, ah, I'm so skeptical. Right. What makes it so interesting is that this road was new. And so this otherwise lightly populated area suddenly had a little bit more opportunity for yeah, foot traffic. And so traffic. when someone in this relatively modern era comes through and they say, I've seen something wild, they go, wow, that that rings a bell. That's kind of clicking with some of this folklore, this, this yeah. old, old stuff. And so maybe there's something to this. And actually, the London newspapers, obviously, of England started to send correspondents up to Scotland, which really kicked off this media phenomenon. And they were offering a £20,000 reward. So £20,000 in the oh. early 30s. Now you're really, it. like, just putting gasoline on a yep. very, very small fire. Oh, yeah. Just baby embers, and you're just, like, dousing it. 100%. They're looking for evidence of this creature, yeah. stories, whatever they can. And if 20k is on the line, I'm sitting there thinking, what can I make up convincingly oh, enough most to definitely. get this money? Most definitely. I mean, and the thing is, like, I'm not the kind of person that would be like, all right, let me cook up this story and go. But I, it's crossing my mind oh, at, oh, at the very might, least. It's crossing our mind. You know, you I mean? know that there's people out exactly. there that, are, that were doing it. 100%. You know, like, yeah. But see, like, that's interesting because not only, like, that's not even like a slow, gradual, like, increase in popularity. That is... Was it the uh, media correspondent, right? Yeah, uh, various uh, newspapers in the London area sent up their correspondence so and stuff. various newspapers send out correspondence. I believe so. That's insane because right off the bat, right? Like you're just like, okay, there's something like, ew, whether or not this exists, there's something valid to this whole thing, right? Right. If you have the media that's like, all right, we're going to de- like devote time and resources to it. And then throw money at it? Oh my goodness! Like, right. what a spark! Yeah, and I and I don't really think that the London papers cared much because they're like, I'm just looking to sell papers. I mean, look at news oh. today; it's just a hot headline and move on. Like, it's it's all dramatic and it's not yeah. it's not really looking for uh, what's the 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 truth behind yep. it all. What's the, <laughs> the the journalistic integrity is ruined? Uh, I was born in the 1700s, by the way. Um, I don't know. I, but, but I mean, still I think regardless, it certainly though, sends like, people off. Like nowadays, if you're just like, oh, there was a monster in this lake, that you're not going to get the news to send right. out correspondence to, know. you know, multiple news outlets to send out people to take a look at this. Like, that's a waste of time. You're, you're, you know, what evidence do you have? Yeah. You know, so for all of these news outlets to show up, um, is automatically going to spark so much interest uh, with so many people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is kind of the origin or the loose origin of Nessie, how it came to be so popular, kind of some of the main origins, I should say, that I think this story leans on as its genesis. But moving on from that, let's talk about how people investigated this, because clearly scientists around the world are going to be very interested in this, real or otherwise, They're trying to get in there and proving it accordingly. Because if it's real, there's something to learn. If it's false, 
hey, at least we tried to learn something. So after this news story was released, curiosity increased across the world. Amateur investigators on through scientists and everything in between, journalists, you know, spent decades launching expeditions to try and figure out what was lurking below this waterline to figure out if Nessie was real. While no concrete evidence of the Loch Ness Monster was found, sonar operators were able to detect some unknown form of large objects moving around the lake. Mm, there so, it is. Yeah. There it is. I was like, there's... I was like, something's gonna come up. Mm-hmm. Something's gonna come up that makes me go, oh, damn it. I remember as a kid, people dragging sonars and other things along the bottom and yeah. trying to figure See, out- there's the technology I was talking mm -hmm. about. Like, why are we not dumping, um, you know, some of our tech into this? Exactly. Uh, and, and they did. Ooh. So the way the sonar works, for the, for the sake of those at home and the task force, it's a tool that, I mean, you might have heard of sonar, like the beep, beep. It basically, you know, it uses sound propagation to navigate, measure distance, and communicate with, or even detect objects, basically. When you hear the beep, beep, beep in your movies and in a submarine, that's basically sound waves going out, hitting an object, coming back and registering. And mm -hmm. from that information, it can basically triangulate, or uh, probably the wrong word, but figure out what's out there. And when you scan the bed of a lake, you can start to figure out what the bottom of the seafloor or a lake or whatever looks like. And by doing this, you can also capture, are there objects in the midst of things? Are there spikes in the verticality? Uh, that means you're seeing either a large fish, a large sea, a seafaring yeah. creature, whatever. Or um, another submarine like the hunt for October. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? My favorite part is when, is when Fredo like goes, mm, yes, or this, and I slowly look over to Christian, and then he cracks. Every time. <laughs> what do you mean every time? <laughs> what, you, see, you always reference movies from the 90s. Like, <laughs> I just don't like, Dude, just, I've been trying You to, understand what movie I'm talking about every time. Every time, like, dude. I, it's just 80s and 90s. I love, yeah, I love how movies. often we reference movies, though. I think pop culture <laughs> references are like the number one references we make. Uh, it's my favorite. But a little bit more about that sonar stuff. You know, Boston's Academy of Applied Sciences launched such an expedition in 1975, led by MIT's Professor Robert Rines and Harold Edgerton, who worked closely with the LNIB. There's a whole bureau for this baby, the Loch Ness Phenomenon Investigation Bureau. Are you serious? Yeah, baby. I hope they get some good healthy grant money because I kind of love that. I do too. Uh, just because of the fact that, like, yeah, right. If 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 people are saying there's these weird things happening or there's this anomaly out there, this like natural weird anomaly, like, why you know, throw some money at it, man? Let's investigate. Just Let's get some. Bit. And that's what I like about this, right? Where it brings me joy every time when it's like we're bringing in professionals, we're bringing people, you know, like we're. We're non-professionals and we're throwing uh, our technology at it and some money at it to really thoroughly investigate. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I love to see. And we're getting right. that here. It's science in action. It's it, even if you're a skeptic and you're like, ah, that's that's hooey. It's nice to see that actual, I, I don't know how big this bureau is, to be honest. Right, but it could like, be literally be two people. Right, or a kid <laughs> in his bedroom. But it's like, it's nice to see that these things materialize with which to test the bounds of our reality as we know it. Um, yeah. That's the whole the whole point, I suppose. But I, I, I seriously, I, I love that. I love the fact that like we have professionals that are also getting involved mm -hmm. and people are just trying to see like what's up, what's going on with this whole situation. Because, you know, I bring it right back to the Amazon. We discover so many different species and of oh, bugs yeah. and stuff like that like every year. And it's just like, what about the water, man? Like there's so much of the ocean 
Oh, for sure. That is just unexplored. And Even I'll like keep the- saying this every other episode <laughs> because it's just so fascinating yeah. to me. Even the giant squid. I mean, yeah. in my lifetime alone went from folklore, not sure, yep. to like, okay, we have some tangible evidence. Yep. Kind of your favorite. I love it. It's, it's one of those Ziploc baggies that just says tangible. And it's got a <laughs> it's got a squid beak in it. Yeah. Um but like now we have video and stuff, and it's it's just really it's just cool like to see that awesome. stuff evolve. Yeah. Now can we get that with Nessie? I hope. Um, but you know this expedition combined sonar technology that we talked about with underwater photography, and they captured a photo that showed a rough image of a giant flipper belonging to an underwater creature. I have that photo for you here now. And again, as always, for those listening at home, you can either watch on YouTube.com/slash/RedWebPod if you want that imagery delivered right to your face. Uh, we have the podcast there now, or head over to uh, twitter.com slash redwebpod, where we upload some of our key graphics that we reference in this show. But here you go, Fredo. Uh, that top image there um, is, uh, okay, is Okay, I'll be honest, sonar. which way am I? Oh, I'm looking at it this way. There you go. All right. It's, it's the sonar photography. Uh, this is the, the large fin that's supposed to be what? part of this creature. Okay, see, mm, now What are you feeling? It. What are you thinking? I what mean, you like, okay, so this is, Money, time, and technology put behind, and this is like the people that were from MIT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is led by MIT professors in conjunction with Boston's Academy of Applied Sciences. See, and like obviously, there anyone's capable of lying, but it's less likely so because they have the reputations on the line. Absolutely. And looking at this, I'm just going, ooh, that looked like something. I mean, that looks like, yeah, it looks like a fin. It does. It, it really, does. really does. And like it lines up with what you think the Loch Ness monster's fin and right. the side of the body looks like, and oh man, here's the thing too. It's just like my mind is going different places, and one of the places is going. It's like, how do they know that this isn't just like uh, the side of a rock or a reef or or some I don't know chunky fish? <laughs> like, but I'm assuming. At this point, right, this isn't, or at least I haven't been told that this is newer technology. This is technology that, like, we've used for some time. Right. So I would think that some of the kinks have been ironed out in terms of, like, well, you know, reefs show up as this and, like, um, rocks show up as this, et cetera. And, and so, man, this, it's like not much, but it's like enough to even go, ooh, that's something. Right. Does anything <laughs> pop out to you? Is there anything that makes you a little bit skeptical at all before we dive further into the analysis of this photo? I'm just curious uh, at your your virgin yeah, instincts on this, like having not seen this photo. Your virgin reaction, that's what I was looking for. Um, I mean, it could just be because of like the way the tech is. It just seems like it's so... like. The it's way 75, lo- so yeah, this is some old school yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the fin, if I'm if I'm looking at it, thinking that the fin is uh, pointing downwards, mm-hmm. um, one side of it really, like, enlarged itself, right? Like, it, it's really large on one side, and the other side's so much thinner, it, yeah. it seems. So, so it's a, some sort of weird kind like, of perspective yeah, distortion the, happening? Where I'm just kind of like, is it, yeah... Here's what stands out to me now that I think about it. Now that I look at that image a little closer, it starts to make me wonder, how did you capture something that close to the to the supposed creature without seeing more of it or having, you know, people on the boat or people at the scene have some sort of personal experience, right? Like the boat was rocking. I saw like I saw the waves like it just feels like how do you get the camera that close mm-hmm. and not get more? You know what I mean? Yeah, and also like 
Do you think that they would have more? And I mean, you know, you have professionals coming in, right? Like there's different layers of technology that they're using to capture any type of evidence, right? It's not just like we brought one camera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like they got sonar, they got cameras, they got cameras in the water, out of the water. Maybe they got people ready to dive, like all yeah. these kinds of and, things, right? And the dragon, the dragon Joe behind on a rope, yeah. he's swimming in the and back. He's just, he's just fluttering along, just like, <laughs> yeah, where they at? I'm looking for Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go kiss it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's right. I don't like, well, like with anything like this. It's always just like, of course, we got like the left toe of the damn yeah, monster. Right. So I don't want to I don't want to suck the wind out of your sails. I did want to properly analyze this with you because this is a photo I honestly haven't seen before, and so I wanted to actually take the time to discuss this kind of first instincts because ultimately, as disappointing as it is, this first photo was debunked by author of the Loch Ness mystery solved, Robert Binns, and was subsequently confirmed by Adrian Shine, who was a respected longtime investigator of the Loch Ness Monster phenomena. So we have not only some pretty well-respected folks taking this photo, we have some pretty well-respected folks coming over here saying, "Mm, I think this might be a fake, but ultimately they confirmed that this photo was heavily enhanced to make the muddy sediment-filled floor of the loch appear as if it was in a thin shape. So So that's just the floor? So ultimately, yeah, apparently this is the floor of the loch and what happened was whether they painted out this fin shape or they just yeah. found something that was naturally fin shaped and then articulated the photo with contrast, brightness, and whatever to enhance it to convey the illusion that they wanted to convey. That's insane because I was like, these are people with reputations. They're less right. likely to lie, and they lie. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Science is a liar sometimes, and... At the end of the day, you know, you got people looking for grant money. I'm being yeah, a little cynical, I, but no, it's true. Like, but, if, yeah, if you want to continue there's, having this be your job, you got to come up with something. There's definitely motive, e- for listen, sure. Even if the Loch Ness Monster was real, like, you got to come you... up with something if you want that, if you want it to yeah, be funded, yeah. you know? Damn. I had too much faith in humanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, come on, man. But, I, like, I knew it was completely something that it has can't be that happened. simple, right? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's debunked though. Like it does look like a fin, but I'm just like, it's better than having something that you're like, is it? Is it not? Anything, is it real? Is right? it fake? Like, is it a just a, like, yeah? Like, uh, I don't know, kelp that's just super magnified <laughs> or something. Yeah. But, but yeah, debunked. Okay. Well, to the credit of the team that was actually doing the study, uh, it it is yet to be determined. Uh, they were not able to determine, in fact, at the time who was responsible for the enhancement. So it could be that the team themselves was fooled by whoever might have been behind the scenes manipulating this photography. Or they're just like, I don't know. And they yeah, do know, that's right? true. They're and they're like, partially in it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I did it, but we all, we all decided to take this to our grave. Yeah. But what's interesting too is, you know, you can look at photo manipulation and be like, yeah, it's fake. But in addition to that, I find this more intriguing the team that debunked this photo pointed out that this supposed flipper here, which does look very much like a flipper, there's a rib running along the middle here, this light Dude, portion. that was the part that was getting me. Yeah. Well, when you look at other fins in the aquatic biosphere, right, where you look at other animals and other vertebrates in particular in the ocean and in lakes and stuff, this ribbing is unlike that of most fins that you would expect to see. 
So, and, and since a lot of creatures, I, I don't want to pretend I know science and zoology, but but basically that this is you a strange shape. Roughly based off of... Roughly based off yeah. of a similar origin. Yeah, right? it's not like something coming from space where you just go, it could, you know, be right. made up of anything in, in any type of shape or form. You like right. to think that even if it's different and something that's cryptid in... Um, on planet Earth, that it at least has some sort of resemblance to like the chemistry, right? Or I mean, creatures. it doesn't look like it, it doesn't uh, look like a whale fin, and you would imagine that it would. It doesn't look like a plesiosaur fin. We're gonna get into the theory section here soon. Yeah, but I was about to say like we have fossils, of, like the older dinosaurs. Doesn't that, look like that, no. And the fossils of older dinosaurs mm -hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. So that's to me a more concrete way, I think, to debunk this. But there are, you know. Damn, anyway. I lack of fish knowledge. <laughs> it, it crops up every now and then, you know? You got to start reading a fish book. <sighs> now, in April of 1934, there was a year later now, another picture was captured by a British surgeon, Colonel Robert Wilson, as he was driving along the shore. And what is now the iconic photo of the monster, Fredo, I have it for you now, but everyone at home, Task Force, if you've heard of Nessie, if you've seen any photo yep, of Nessie, you've seen photo. this photo. It is... Pretty much the Loch Ness Monster with its neck up out of the water, a little bit of its back hump in the water, and only surrounded by waves and water. So you don't really, again, have any idea yeah, of scale here. Just think of a elephant trunk coming out of the water. Honestly, yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, what that looks like. Elephant's trunk coming out of the water. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, there's just no reference in size, right? right. It's like this could be three feet long mm -hmm. could be tiny we don't know we really don't i'm not gonna reference the movie i'm looking like it's just like waiting for it i'm like no 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 because you just you say the most absurd stuff and you just stare at me and i'm just like What's coming? What, what are you gonna say? but like oh, man like it looks it definitely looks like something but it's just one of those things where I just go come on like mm -hmm. My whole life, oh, right. that was the monster. Right. The that same was here. like, oh, whoa. Like, that's the, this is the photo. Yeah. And I've known of this photo even before you, you know, showing it here to me today. Um, just, so we're just going to catch the silhouette. There's like no type of detail in it. It's literally just a silhouette of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you if there's any type of fish or, or aquatic creature like I, that I could think of that has an appendage like this, right? Like, yeah. But also it's like, it just looks so like an elephant trunk coming out of the water. So I'm that's just it. like, I'm, I'm literally just like, that's gotta be fake. Like what is, and you look at the waves too. And that looks like the waves of a calm pool that like yeah. you dip your toe in. Yep. Or it looks like waves from a lake from far away. And Either way that you cut it, that either makes this thing extraordinarily tiny, smaller than the Jersey Devil, or like a giant <laughs> building in the middle of the uh, the lake. It's it's yeah, really hard to tell. It's, it's super hard to tell, and it's just I don't know. Like I like this photo is so iconic, but just like it always has, it doesn't do anything for me. I just go this this is this tells me nothing. Mm -hmm. So this photo was, as I mentioned, 1934, quite old. It took 60 years to really come around to this one. Now, we already did this with the previous photo, but let's pull the wind out of the sails just a little bit. In 1994, Wilson's famous photo here, the iconic one here, was revealed to be a hoax 
plotted by 90-year-old Christian Sperling, who faked the photo. This was alongside Marmaduke Wetherell and Robert Wilson, and they used a toy submarine embellished with a sea serpent head. And thus, you have this photo. Now, that, that little submarine, that submersible, kind of answers how you have uh, right. the body here. And then, obviously, they attach this serpent neck part. But honestly, when I look at the waves, my mind wants to... And again, I'm, I'm assuming I could my mind could be wrong, and now I have hindsight. But looking at this photo, these waves look so tiny, like little baby ripples, that it really shrinks this in my yeah. mind. And it, and it does look toy-sized. So, like... That actually, like, you you telling me how this was, like, not real, that kind of um, really put into perspective what I was trying to get at, where when I, you showed me the fin, I go, oh, my goodness, like, that looks like something. Do I, you know, obviously, I'm like, eh, I'm still skeptical of it, but I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Like, with the, lo the iconic Loch Ness monster photo, I've always had just the instant thought of, like, Okay, explain to me how this is fake, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm always just like, there's no, this, I, don't, I just don't believe it at all. Yeah. I'm just, and, and so that's like, as you were telling me, like, that was all like, oh, yeah, that's the feeling that it is. Like, that, that, that nails it for me, that, that labels it for me, where I'm just like, tell me how this is fake. Because you, I, you're I feeling don't believe your gut this is now all. validated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm surprised that this was 1994 because, I mean, again, as a child of the 90s where all the movies were great. I come through that childhood thinking that this was the legitimate photo. And I didn't learn personally that this was a hoax until I saw some sort of, you know, History yeah. Channel docu-series around these <laughs> monsters, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even when I was little, I looked at the photo and went, how'd they do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> little, little Fredo. Just sitting there like, oh, hmm. come on now. How'd they do hmm. that? How'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting? like me at a magic show. How'd you do that? How'd they do that? I find, I, I look back at this kind of fin photo, and I, what's so intriguing to me about it, I know it's now kind of enhanced and all of that, but what, what kind of resonates with me is the first few live photos we were able to capture as humans, obviously, um, yeah. of the giant squid, where yeah. they put a very low frame rate camera way down in the ocean with a bait, and then you see these wild like tentacles out of the Insane. water, like an alien kind of reaching out for it, and, uh, and that's what this reminds me of. And it's almost like retroactively makes this feel a little bit more like real, but yeah. obviously we know it's not. Yep. But it, man, it gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, the, the the shivers when I think about all the other possible things under the ocean so that could just many, swallow us whole <laughs> that we don't know about. So many things, things that could be buried deep beneath. Oh man. Just, yeah. You know, all of our fresh waterways, all the tunnels underneath our continents that we don't know about. Yeah, you dude, know, it's like, that's just a little weird. But scary. yeah, but coming back to Christian Sperling and this particular photography here, uh, quote, according to Sperling, he had been approached by Wetherell who wanted him to make a convincing serpent model. Sperling did this and this model was then photographed in Loch Ness. This picture was then given to Wilson, whose job it was to serve as a credible frontman for the hoax. So there you have it. Now, despite this confession, though, you still have many people who did not want to let that ruin their determination to identify the mysterious sea monster. And I get that. Just because somebody fakes something does not mean that that whole item, that yeah, whole right? idea, doesn't that creature, exist. that place, that entity, whatever, doesn't exist, right? So I could go fake a UFO video right now. That doesn't mean that 
inherently aliens don't exist, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, mutually exclusive. They do. So a lot of people still believe, you know, a lot of people are still looking to identify the, the sea monster and if it is real. Um, and this determination has survived as we've kind of discussed now for centuries. It has been ongoing. And as recently as May of 2018, a geneticist, Professor Neil Gemmel of University of Ontago in New Zealand, announced that they are scraping the lock for environmental DNA or eDNA. This is something I hadn't really heard of, really. And they oh. wanted to prove with this test once and for all whether or not the monster exists. Now, for those like myself who don't know about eDNA, it's essentially a way of collecting DNA from the environment rather than uh, an individual organism specifically. So scraping the soil, the seawater, snow, sometimes even the air to, to capture DNA in those environments. What the hell? It's pretty cool. Imagine like using that. I don't know. Like this is me with no knowledge uh, whatsoever of any of this, but using that technology, um, grab DNA at a crime scene. Oh yeah. See if it's floating about. Yeah. I guess what's tough is when you do an environmental DNA scrub, you're kind of, and I'll, and I'll get into some of the results again here in a sec, but you, you're really scraping the environment. So let's say, uh, there's a missing person's case or some a homicide happened in mm -hmm. a small apartment. You scrub the air, the environment, whatever you could end up capturing DNA from all of the residents of that building due to air conditioning circulation Damn, due to foot traffic right. so so this is a good it's too good it's almost too good so this is a good process for identifying what's in the biosphere right, yeah. what's happening in the ecosystem but not so much for the specificity of an individual uh for sure but that's a really good thought really really it's interesting very interesting yeah but um before we get into the theories and going into some more of the details around eDNA and everything like that I wanted to end the kind of investigation because as I mentioned earlier, you know, newspapers in London were sending many, many reporters up to Scotland to get the best scoop. You got to get that money. I mean, if you do get that scoop, though, like that is game changing. Yeah. Like for the person that got it all the way up the chain, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody wins. I'm also surprised, by the way. I just want to, as an aside, mm -hmm. I just wanted to reference Jurassic Park. You know, Mr. DNA, I thought you were going to go there with that. You know, just like, <laughs> look, you know, <laughs> just, just look, look. I just want to burn a reference <laughs> right before it happens. Look, look. <laughs> what do you mean burn a reference before it happens? <laughs> Don't take that from me. What's, you know, we're going to get to a spot where we dive a little deeper and you're going to be like, well, DNA, Dino DNA. <laughs> Oh, what, what the hell? Go ahead and burn Should that I, candle all the way down to the cut bottom. Cut me off at the pass here. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> did you know this was a movie podcast, ladies and gentlemen? Do you ever wonder what a Loch Ness monster would sound like? By the way, I'm still at home. If you were listening to the ads from last week, uh, it, it, that's, I'm just addressing why uh, yours truly, Trevor, might sound a little different. But I wonder what a Loch Ness monster would sound like. Let me give it a try. I feel like that's pretty accurate, but if you disagree, I want to <laughs> I want to hear your Loch Ness monster. Tweet us at RedWebPod or hit us up on YouTube. Same handle if you prefer. Uh, YouTube.com/RedWebPod, uh, where we upload there now as well. We hit all the platforms for this show, so that way, no matter where you like to listen to us, we're there for you, pal. No matter what. 
Also, we have merch at store.roosterteeth.com. Uh, I know I have been talking about a cryptid pin set, super relevant because we are talking about the Loch Ness Monster today, and uh, they're coming. Due to logistical concerns in the world, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of things going down uh, with logistics and shipments being delayed. Unfortunately, those pins, they're ready to go as far as design is concerned. I think they're very cool, but they will be coming, uh, I believe, early into next year. Uh, so probably January-ish sometime uh, is what we're hearing. But outside of the pins, we do have some other things coming. A really, really cool jacket and some other peripheral items that I think you should check out. Just always stay tuned. We'll, we'll be letting you know here on the show. But yeah, as always, no pressure. If you want to support the show, that's one way to do it directly. And I want to let you know that we have stuff coming down the pipeline Always just want to keep you abreast on what's happening here at Red Web. But with that said, let's talk about some of our fantastic sponsors for today. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger is the beer that doesn't take itself too seriously, made for people who don't take themselves too seriously either. It's a beer that you can choose based on the can design alone and trust that no matter what, it'll taste incredible. And truly, after all the seriousness we've been through, who couldn't use a little delight right now, huh? Because if there's one thing that Voodoo Ranger does take seriously, it's how great their beers taste. They take it very seriously. It's like a science to them and they do it well. Their Captain Dynamite is locked, stocked, and fully hopped. It's a hazy IPA that explodes with tropical citrus flavors and aromas. And the Imperial IPA is a rare blend of choice hops and complex, rich flavors. I have enjoyed a plethora of their flavors. I almost can't even pick a favorite, but I do like the Captain Dynamite one uh, because, listen, it says it here in the ad, but I will say it myself. We at the office have had the opportunity to try so many different Voodoo Ranger beers thanks to many ongoing sponsorships and they always are great. So if you just like the can and the way it looks, they have very cool styles, very cool colors, you can go off that. If you like the names, if you like how they describe each beers, they're always very accurate. But again, you can't go wrong, truly. So visit at Voodoo Ranger on Instagram and Twitter if you want to learn more and live rangerously. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? That's where therapy can really make a difference. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line or self-help or anything like that. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise that might not be available locally, and their service is available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to worry about sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room like in traditional therapy. So visit BetterHelp.com RedWeb, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 200,000 people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Plus, we have a special offer for the Task Force listeners out there. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com RedWeb. Treat yourself, treat your mind. It's a very serious matter. I take it seriously, and I hope you do too. And let them know we sent you. And with all that said, why don't we dive deep into the Loch Ness looking again for the monster. Coming back to the newspapers, you know, in 1933, we have London's very own illustrious top of the line Daily Mail. A little bit of inside humor for you Londoners. They hired a hunter by the name of Marmaduke Wetherill, who was also one of the people who helped fake the famous photo, if you recognize the name, to oh. find Nessie. Hey, fakester, snap, snap, get over here. 
Uh, help, Wait. help us find. This is the year before the photo. Oh, okay. so don't worry. I was supposed to be like, they didn't know yet. What? Yeah, no, they didn't know yet. But it turns out he was one of the people that faked the photo. But hey, Daily Mail's looking at this guy. Help us find Nessie. Weatherell said that he found footprints along the lake's shore that resembled those of a four-legged animal and wrote a story dramatically titled and in all caps, because caps lock is cruise control for cool, quote, Monster of Loch Ness is not legend, but a fact. So immediately, um, and we can look uh, back with uh, hindsight. We know this man's yeah. just kind of like up in the budget a little bit. Yeah, to a little fancy. yeah. Sensationalizing, that's yep. the word. That's the word I couldn't remember last week. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's <laughs> the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that moment? I'm working on my vocabulary ever that's since good. I said, uh, what was it? Nefarious. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ten hundred times too many. <laughs> I'm trying to broaden the Red Web Dictionary a little bit. But hey, these footprints apparently actually existed, so plaster casts were made of them. I had no idea about this genuinely what? Uh, until we did this research, because that's very much something that you'd hear in a in a Bigfoot case. You know, yeah. like, there's a foot there. You pour plaster in it, it solidifies, you can then pull yeah. it out of the ground, get an impression, and take that to some person who will analyze it. Now, they took plaster casts of these footprints. They then sent them to the British Natural History Museum. Beautiful building, beautiful place which reported that the tracks were in fact made by that of a hippopotamus, which is weird because then I said, how did hippos get up what? into Scotland? Who's got a wild pet running around yeah, stomping? Yeah, wild hippo. And as cute as it was, the only news result about a hippopotamus in Scotland was of that of a pygmy hippopotamus that was born in one of their zoos. And it was an adorable creature, <laughs> but it's worth mentioning hippos are native to Africa almost exclusively, I believe. That when I looked it up, they were throughout Africa mostly so i mean uh, maybe he faked it we we know that yeah that this person is capable and not capable did fake things right so right, at that true. point it's just like okay uh, th uh this animal's footprint right. and then i'll try and like muddy up the corners or something like mm -hmm. that and then they're just like oh it's a hippo like did he make the cast as well or did somebody else like yeah there's some loose ends in there that help anything tied to this person is just like oh, yeah throw it out fake. burn it yeah yeah, or maybe that, you know, like some people carry around rabbit's foot on a keychain as luck. This guy's going for the big luck. He's like, if I'm looking for the for a Loch Ness monster, I need mega luck. And so he on his keychain pulls out his keys, his Prius keys, you know, mm -hmm. boop, boop. on that he's got a, a hippo foot hanging and dangling. Just dang yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Also, uh, like, this guy's just finding stuff left and right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Properly sourced, don't worry. Uh lived a full life. Harvested at a at its natural death, uh, the, 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 hippo, the hippo's, the foot. hippo's foot. Yeah. yeah, there's not a three. There's not a peg-legged hippo. No, running around the, the you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's, let's move on. Well, you, oh shoot! I was going to say the Amazon, not the right continent. But that reminds me. Uh, before we go into the theories, you you mentioned the Amazon earlier because mm -hmm. of how vast it is and how uh, fully. Un I mean, there's so many things yet to be discovered there. Species, yeah. peoples, places. I wonder, are there cryptids? In the Amazon? Oh my God. There has There's to be, right? gotta be. I'm, I'm, and this is gonna sound like a funny name, but no joke, there is a Bigfoot cousin or like parallel called the Stink Ape, something of that nature, because it hell? is a very hairy uh, ape like creature, very much like Bigfoot, but apparently has a, a very rancid smell to it. And I don't know if that is Amazon or if that is That's insane. other like swampy, uh, foresty areas. A stinky but, ape running around? Yeah. There's the Skunk Ape. Skunk Ape! 
That's what it is. What? Stink ape. I messed it up, but you know, I haven't, I haven't, what? listen, I haven't uttered Look, those words stink since, ape. since like fifth grade. No joke. I did a report sounds... on Bigfoot Yeti and stink ape. Stink ape <laughs> sounds ape. Damn it. cooler than skunk ape, though. I mean, neither is very cool. No, though. not at all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all bottom tier, but like, you know, oh, we my should, goodness, all we, a tier list. We need to make a tier oh list yeah, of cryptids, do, dude. You know, we've been talking about icebergs, and maybe we do a cryptid iceberg, but yeah. I want to do a cryptid tier list, maybe yeah. some bonus content for the YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, that's a YouTube video right there. Yeah. Anyway. Skunk Ape, uh, just for clarification, yes. is said to reside in southeastern U.S., namely Florida. Of course. Oh come on, bro. <laughs> That's what, you know when Bigfoot gets Mainly when Bigfoot's Florida. getting old and mangy, he's like you were just like us humans. He likes to retire to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Oh, when God. he's lived a long, healthy, that, stinky life, that place. He makes his way down to Florida, where he will stink reside up and stink up the unit. Um, but with that, so let's dive into some theories, huh? Before you get in there, I looked up some clarification on the hippo feet. Uh, yes. It is thought that the the tracks were made with an umbrella stand or an ashtray that had a hippo leg as a base. Not that a hippo Whoa. was wandering around Scotland. The Scots go hard. They had they had an actual hippo's foot as the base of an ashtray or a or a, a or like umbrella a lamp case or a, a lamp, lamp or umbrella stand. What? And they just walked around and pop pop pop. Jeez. I don't, know when, I don't even want to go in the building that that was sourced from. <laughs> it's like Ace Ventura 2 in that what place. Just animals hell? all over the walls. Sorry, are you bringing movies into this? Oh, excuse me. Pardon me about that. <laughs> Christian, I know you hate film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. That was so slick, so smooth, dude. I didn't even notice I did that. Yeah, that's wild. That's, you know, I guess, I guess worse have, have happened, you know. Poor animals over there. Anyway, let's talk about some theories uh, regarding Nessie. And I think all of these theories we've in some way or another kind of lightly touched on, but I'd like to dive in a little deeper. Theory number one, a very popular one, is that the Loch Ness Monster is actually a dinosaur. Yep. Somehow trapped in this area or what have you. But referring to the 1934 famous photography that we, we talked about earlier, Coming from this is, is really where this theory gets its legs. Uh, looking at this photo, it shows a dinosaur-like creature with a long neck emerging from the water. Again, you have to forget that this was debunked in 94 because you have 60 years of theorizing that we're talking about that's coming from this. This led a lot of people to believe that Nessie was perhaps the only survivor of the long extinct Plesiosaurus. If you're familiar with the YouTube video like Charlie the Unicorn or whatever, Right, that's that's in there. Um, I know Christian doesn't like film, so I thought that might tickle him. It's a Leo Pluridon is what he Excuse references. Excuse me, let's Thank just move on. Oh <laughs> you're, you're right. Oh my God. You're right. Okay, oh we God. found this man's flavor. Yeah, he, there we go. <laughs> now we know what he likes. Um, Charlie you're right. Unicorn in 90s movies, nothing else. <laughs> 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 but yeah. With regard to the Plesiosaurus in particular, not the Leoplorodon, you're right, wrong dino. Uh, but these dinos were thought to have died off with the rest of the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. So you're wondering, okay, how is this how? dinosaur making yeah. it into the common era, let alone this century? A lot of people theorize, uh, and I'm just kind of riffing now from my own memory, it's not here in my notes, but a lot of people theorize that throughout the ages, water levels have moved up and down and, and various channels have opened and closed and that there might have been a way for these ancient creatures to make their way inland in Scotland. But over time, you know, whether they nested there and, and then moved out or migrated in some way, 
At some point, the water channels closed it off, thus enabling it to become a freshwater source of some kind, right. and therefore trapping a either one or a small handful of these plesiosaurs in this lock. And then somehow, obviously you have to you know, let your mind wander a little bit, but somehow they then were able to perpetuate either their species or just live a very, very long time to, to make it to the modern days. That's kind of how people have theorized this to be. Yeah, I would just think though, like a creature that large and with enough to, you know, make at least one family's worth that either more evidence would pop up or it would somewhat it's large enough to somewhat change the environment mm -hmm. you know what i mean absolutely so and I, and i mean this this area is a pretty well historically documented area going yeah. very far back europe african areas middle east but this area in particular you know scotland there's there's a long history of humankind there a lot of yeah. a lot of written history a lot of storytelling and so, yes, sure, the idea of Loch Ness does have some tentpole moments in time. But but again, with this theory in particular, if there is a surviving dinosaur, you would imagine that there might be a stronger thread yeah. of storytelling coming out of history. There'd be, I don't know, something, right? Like low population of fish in that area where it right. should be higher mm -hmm. or... An impact, like you said, to the ecosystem. Yeah, you know, this something. thing might eat itself... To starvation, if it's in a trapped lock, right, and and talking about yeah, just eat the, the fish supply down, right? A dinosaur that uh, evaded extinction. Bones, where are the bones? I know you're going with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, lake. that's where I, that's that's Is all. Is that where I went? That's oh, where I thought you were taking it. Was take one it back step. To the lake. It was one step. Take me further. Thought you were gonna go hold back my to hand, the, guide the, me to the lake. Oh, Skeleton Lake. Yeah, there are lots of bones there. Yeah, I got a lot. But of bones you know, if there. this thing is in the, in the you think this creature is 65 million years old? No. 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 So, you you know, there's got to be some, just me. like Bigfoot, there's got to be something out there, one of them that's at least passed away, where are the bones? That's what I'm Do saying. Do cryptids all just eat their own bones? Oh, Papa's dead. Um, um, um. They just have a cryptid lawyer that just gets rid of the mm. evidence. Yeah. The lawyer. <laughs> rolls him up in a rug and just <laughs> takes him to another lock. Yeah, paid well. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, hey, that's all that matters. But yeah, you know, like it, it's theorized that uh, again to extrapolate further that uh, that this Loch Ness monster came through the River Ness sometime in the past ten thousand years alone. Because well, let's just cut to the chase. This is a very cold lake, and in the recent ice age, this lake was supposedly, or this lock rather, was supposedly frozen over solid. And so, if you combine those facts with the idea of dinosaurs and reptiles, and the fact that plesiosaurs were thought to be cold-blooded, it doesn't really seem likely that a cold-blooded no. creature was would be able to survive in a just it, it's just barely over freezing temps yeah. year round so unless some sort of dramatic level of evolution occurred in a tight time frame i mean again we, we're talking millions of years and this little window of ice ageness happens in the last ten thousand years right it just it's just so highly it, it's a big wrinkle right? there, there's you know there's I mean? so many like far-fetched things that need to come together right now let's come back to Professor Neil Gamel. They were, you know, the one conducting the eDNA hunt. Gammy. Now he said, quote, we can't find any evidence of a creature that's remotely related to that in our environmental DNA sequence data. So, sorry, I don't think the plesiosaur idea holds up based on the data that we have obtained, end quote. Now for you, Fredo, for your mind, for your brain mind, 
Here's that photo I showed you before, a little bit wider, less cropped. And here is a plesiosaur. And so you can imagine, you could see how these, you know, could be misconstrued. How how the, if you were to believe that this photo is real, that it would be that creature. Because yeah. they are basically the same. I mean, look, growing up, I was like, like, if this thing is real, it is that type of dinosaur. Yeah. Got the fan and everything like that. But, I mean, it's it's a fake. So that's, that's the crazy thing. So, like, in my mind... And I guess, and also like media's mind, like Loch Ness is this shape. Right? It's it's that dinosaur it's now. It's that officially. dinosaur, right? Which it's, is crazy because this is not real. Exactly this is fake. So not we only is don't it, really know what the hell it looks like. Hundo, because like not only do we not know what this thing looks like, not only is that thing fake. You got to remember, like these are the things I like to do for you, Tess. Where yeah. you got to put yourself into the minds of those kind of as this thing was unfolding, because we all have a, a load. Of preconceived notions around this, we go. This is what the Loch Ness monster looks yeah, like. It's this Leo. It's this Pleosaurus like. or yep. whatever. But the folks that kind of came up with this idea of this body shape only went off of this neck out of the water sort of story yeah. and these carvings on the stone. And so, I think it's almost kind of taking the past, taking dinosaur fossils, and validating right. a story. Um, and so they have kind of become one and the same. Yeah, uh, to me too. It's just like, man, there was, there's not like a, I don't know. It's it's hard to find like a shadow of a doubt that this isn't like fake. Mm -hmm. You know, seems like a bunch of lies. Yeah, and I mean, we we talk a little bit more about this eDNA scrub. Bunch of true lies. Bunch of true lies. You're just smirking. <laughs> he's going, to, he's going to TV shows now. How do you feel? Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Red Web. Let's just move on. <laughs> here's some, here's did, you, I get, did you know what I was referencing? I did. Okay, thank you. I think I'm part of the problem. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're you're low key antagonizing him in your own way. You're like encouraging it. But yeah, so like we have some results of the eDNA hunt in this theory, and we have some more in the next one. And the next theory is that Nessie may simply just be an eel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess like a, an existing creature, just abnormally large, I guess. That's a, that's a big old eel, though. It would have to be a big eel, but remember, this was tiny. We don't know scale when it's yeah. out there in the middle of the water or underwater or whatever, so it could be that we're just misconstrued. We we really bulked and hulked this eel up into, like, you yeah. know, he's got... He's got maybe some unfortunate... A reverse Jersey Devil, you know Yeah, a reverse Jersey Devil sort of situation. <laughs> but before we get into that, Jillian, Christian, and myself, we're talking about this concept around eels. I don't know if you've heard this, where people for, for many decades, in fact, centuries, have been trying to figure out how eels reproduce. Many people have dissected them and we're oh, unable... Do we not know? We do know. Okay. But for a long, long time, and, and I think the average person still might not know. I don't know. Like, a lot of dissections happen to basically say, like, how do they reproduce? There are no sex organs in this eel. And I'm going to not do the explanation any real justice, but this is coming courtesy of Hank Green. And basically, the eel life cycle is very complex. There are many dramatic stages of life, much like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, etc. That's oh. just a two-stage thing. Eels start out as these little tiny worm-looking things. Yeah. Uh, I think called glass eels. Eventually they turn into... Uh, there's various stages of eel, and they're Whoa. all eel-like, but eventually they get to the eel that we all know and love, and we all love eels. <laughs> I was about to say, who's, <laughs> who's, loving, who's loving eels, bro? What are the... <laughs> 
Shout out to the eel lovers out <laughs> Who's there. Out here is eel like, pin set coming soon. Oh, with I love the full me a life cool. cycle. <laughs> oh, I love me an eel, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like what kind of animal are you in the right animal kingdom? I'm an eel. <laughs> I'm, I'm a snake that stayed in the water I'm a water snake but yeah basically they have a very complex life cycle and uh, and there's a there's an answer to it but they migrate a lot all over the world they, they go out to the Caribbean and then they come back out and it's like there's basically a lot of question marks like whoa where do they come from do eels just exist because yeah. they're like where they don't have sex organs so how do they reproduce and and it's since been figured out if you're if you want to know more about it don't listen to people like me. Go listen to Hank Green and others that actually know what they're talking so about. So wait, how do they reproduce? Basically, I don't know if it's one of those stages is where they are able to reproduce like and lay eggs and everything, organ, and then they like move sex on. Sex organs, stuff like that. Yeah, and then they move on and become the like proper adult thing. Do they just like rub up together or something? I don't know. Oh. I th I think it's one of their life stages or something. Got and it. And then like you know they all go to the Caribbean and have a giant like species orgy and then they spread back out and go. Put their eggs elsewhere. I, Interesting. Some there's there's totally a, a zoologist out there just shaking just, their head, God, and guy. I apologize uh, for Fredo. Um, yeah, I apologize about hey, him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about Nessie being an eel in particular because I think it's interesting, and it is the most commonly talked about theory, really? as well as having the most supporting evidence and what being the, the easiest hell? to there's justify. Behind this? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is where we're gonna really dive into that eDNA test, but. Researchers in New Zealand have tried to catalog all living species in the loch by extracting that DNA from water samples. They found no shark, no catfish, no sturgeon DNA in their sampling, and that might sound specific, but uh, those are the creatures that one would expect to be in the water. However, what scientists did find was a very, very significant amount of eel DNA. Eel DNA was found at almost every location sampled, so it stands to reason that there would be quite a number of eels throughout the lock to kind of follow. Uh, so it could be possible, right, that we are confusing these eels in their various forms and various sightings with the with the idea of a Loch Ness Monster. Oh, so you're saying like the different stage of an eel could be misconstrued as this Loch Ness Monster. No, I just think that uh, I might have misspoken. I, I think the fact that if there are a bunch of eels in this body of water and people mm -hmm. are coming to the lake looking for an eel-like monster, if they see one, they might be like, that's that's Nessie. The, the Loch Ness Monster. But it's, it's actually one of what seems to be a number of eels based on yeah. how prolific their DNA is. I can see why that's the leading theory because it goes back towards that, um, that really cool piece of tech that's the DNA scan thing. That eDNA stuff? eDNA stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's basically just an environmental DNA scrub. And yeah, it, like that's it, so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, if that's what they picked up, right? Like, right. I don't know what else. Like that. That now, I can see why that's a popular theory. Yeah. Right, because it's like we have this cool eDNA scanner device, and it's picking up all the DNA and the little bits, and it's picking up a ton of eel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. So weird. I, I guess I would never really expect there to be eels in Scotland. But again, as I kind of lightly mentioned, very poorly, uh, eels are a mysterious creature, and we yeah. still have yet to know a lot about them, or at least us regular folk. I'm not going to pretend to think I know <laughs> about eels and what they'd be doing. Yeah. Do eels bite people? Oh, yeah. Eels bite. Eels, uh, eels shock. There's the you know, electric oh, yeah, eels. Yeah, the electric eels. They can, um, they can pull up some charges. See, here's the thing then. Like, who's to say that wasn't like what the priest 
saw was an eel biting somebody. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm just imagining somebody runs out of the water, eel attached to the thigh, and, you know, the quintessential, yeah. like, ah, <laughs> slapping it on the chairs to make you know? it, like, very comical slapstick. They see, like, and the an priest goes, halt! Yeah. And then it just, like, back. let go, because it's like, listen, goes, I'm just right. eel. Yeah. <laughs> back, Ethan! <laughs> the eel's like, it's so okay. huge! It's two feet long, and it's already let go. I let yeah. it, I, I released then, it. Fiend! Yeah, and then you go back, and you start ta talking your tail, and it's like, it was the tentacle of a yep. creature, or the fin, or the, like, the long neck of some creature that right. bit. It's and he's like, like, remember, I saved you all. Yeah. So, so convert. Yeah. <laughs> But juvenile eels, coming back to the idea of eels and their life cycle, uh, we have juvenile eels at this particular stage known as elvers. These elvers, this stage of eels, they arrive in locks after migrating more than 31,000 miles or 5,000 kilometers. And they come from the Sargasso Sea near the Bahamas, as I was uh, kind of talking about earlier. And once they arrive, the animals spawn and lay eggs, which would explain the vast amount of eel DNA that was being picked up so frequently mm. due to their large population. So it, what's really funny to me is that there is this kind of like low-key mystery around eels and how they propagate and where they come from. Yeah. Do they just exist? Have they always existed? Are they immortal? Or did they just somehow spawn? Nah, I don't think they're immortal. They're not. And they're, they're, again, there is a scientific explanation here, but I love that their mystery is tangled with the lock. Yeah. I love that it's like I Nessie and eels go hand in hand. <laughs> I, I, I would bet that majority of the people listening are just like, what? That's they're tied to each yeah, other. Like I'm tickled. <laughs> I'm so tickled by this. I would it, never think that. Is this why maybe Jillian was talking about that as as she was putting this outline together, Christian? No, I think that was coincidence because this was Gracie. Oh, this was Gracie. Yeah, I oh, think it was just pure coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so these elvers come here, and this is where they spawn and lay eggs, and, uh, and there you have it. They don't just spontaneously exist, but. Let's talk a little bit more about the DNA, as I was teasing earlier. Right. Um, badger, deer, rabbit, vole, and various different bird DNA was also found in the lock doing this environment DNA scrub. They're just, are they, is it because they're just over It's just because the they exist. Yeah, they're just because yeah, they're in they're the environment. out of it mm -hmm. and dying. 100%. Doing well, uh, yeah. yeah. They defecate and die. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the, tis the life cycle. Uh, but I mean, sheep, cattle, dogs, humans, all sorts of animals. So you know that this this analysis is going to capture, and this is probably why you wouldn't want to use it in a homicide right, case yeah. or a crime case, but um, it's capturing anything and anyone that is even lightly in contact with this lake. So very good sampling. And so it stands to reason again, that if there was a monster living permanently in the lock that you would grab DNA that either A, you're finding something that is unknown to you. You have a DNA sequence that doesn't match anything on your records mm -hmm. or B, you're, you're picking up on something that is very, very similar to something, maybe like an eel, but it's it's just a little slightly, bit different. Yeah, so to imply off. that you discovered a new species. But yeah, this this theory makes a lot of sense to me in, com yeah, in combination does. with what uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more in the next theory. But I always like to combine these. There's a psychological phenomenon known as expectant attention. And so... I'll expand on that further, but when, when you go to the lake or the lock and you're expecting a monster. Mm -hmm. I'm a sightseer, a tourist, whatever. I'm out there. Yeah. If I see an eel, Active I'm primed and ready, baby, right? to go, yep. oh, I've seen it. Your mind is already there, like halfway there. Right. Yeah. And so that kind of piece of the next theory in conjunction with this one, to me, makes That's this a, solid a really... theory. Yeah. It's just an eel. Yeah. 
In fact, I have a video to, that I want to show you. Okay. And, uh, and if we can post this on our Twitter page, we will as a separate post. It might be a copyright issue, so if you don't see it there, probably that. But the Nest District Salmon Fishery Board captured a video where you can even see a very large eel-like creature. I imagine it is just an eel. And again, this is one of those eels that could be mistaken as Nessie, and it's swimming in the distance, very murky waters. But let's see if we have that now. For those who don't want to look this up while I uh, while we show this to Fredo, I will describe it. What you see here is a, a pretty average fish in the foreground, very brown, green, murky water. And you're able to see maybe five to 10 feet into the depth. And Ooh, further in the background- big old in, eel. Yeah, in the murk, you see this, Again, it's hard to tell how big it is. It could be four foot, it could be two yeah. foot, it could be 10 foot, but you see this very weird, long, hard to see serpent-like thing. I will say it looks like a serpent. It doesn't yeah. look like the dinosaur that we all think Nessie looks like. No. For sure, that just looks like um, the a, neck portion, a snake right? in the water. Snake in the water. Don't go swimming. Mm. Is it? That's not the 90s, that's Jaws. It doesn't have to be 90s. I don't know why Christian's talking about 90s. Every, every movie you've referenced over the past few weeks is from the Ice 90s. Age? What are you talking about? Is okay. Ice Age 90s? Oh, never mind. All right. Jaws? What I'm saying. Well, he didn't reference Jaws. You did Jaws. Well, it came up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only locked to the 90s. Fredo, I don't know. I'm just trying to help you out, man. <laughs> I mean, for, for example, we talked about the DNA scanner might not work during a crime scene because it could be false reads. And my mind, I went, yeah, because you don't want to have a minority report. And that, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, See, that's where my mind that, was at, a, you know? The, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then something, something, The Matrix, something, something, a movie. Look, the number of movies I hold back, you'll never know. See, but if you'd said Minority Report, it wouldn't have been a 90s movie. You would have broken the trend. There it would have been different. No, there's no trend. Don't Maybe hold me to a trend. Report. Is that early 2000s? It was early 2000s. Right? It was it? Okay. It was I, I think so. I just remember renting that game so many times because... The game? You, yeah, it was good, dude. The game was, was good. The game was, was good so game. good. The hell? The bullet time, like the way the mechanics worked, it was like, it was ahead of its time. You could slow things down and like there was ragdoll physics and I just what loved that. What, what year was it? The movie or the game? The both. movie. These are important. I said both. We got to get both. in there. Both. Did the you movie released June 17th, 2002. Oh, See? okay. So the, the 90s of the 2000s. Yeah, yeah the it was yeah, the yeah. 90s of the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. The game was November 12th, 2002. Oh. That was fast. Fast turnaround. That's oh, why I didn't feel anything it. like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, But man, was it fun. But yeah, so that's the video. Again, very hard to see. Some people do. I want to say this for the sake of clarity and the transparency. Some people think that that might just be a branch or a log floating by. And that's entirely possible. Some people have seen floating logs. And that is another theory that we're not going to talk about. But that just kind of logs could be nested. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, just a, oh, look at that log floating around. Right. But then again, you'd see it for a good chunk of time. Yeah, but it, it makes a good photo and a good story. Yeah, that's true. If you're looking that to lie. That is true. One last piece on eels. It is worth saying that the, the largest eel species can get up to 10 feet in length. And I Holy believe hell. one of, if not the longest recorded eel is about 13 feet. Oh my goodness. We got um, some Division One record setters here in Loch Ness. Is, yeah, let I me mean, <laughs> tell you, them boys grown big. Over <laughs> well <in> fed. <laughs> well fed, too. <laughs> it always tickles me when you say that. Um... All right, moving on from the eels. Uh, <laughs> never thought I'd say that. The last thing we're going to talk about for the skeptics at home, I mean, is that Nessie never really existed. 
Awesome. And and it's always a it's always a possible theory when we talk about just almost most of the things that things could be a hoax, it could be an ARG, it could be a story, right? So even though we have thousands of reports of people claiming to see Nessie, they could be seeing everyday water creatures such as eels or logs or what have you and, and allowing themselves to believe that it is the Loch Ness Monster, again, due to that psychological phenomenon known as expectant attention. Again, to be clear, this is when people who expect or want to see something are more likely to misinterpret visual clues as a yep. thing or the thing that they are wanting and expecting to see. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Drop the reference. Drop the reference. No, 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 no. Dish the ref, dude. Dish the ref. Blow the whistle. Let's hear it. I got a movie for you. King Kong. Because the movie King Kong came out in March of 1933. Only one month. Very interesting timing. One month prior to the first modern reported Nessie sighting. And, uh, and perhaps this is another example of storytelling influencing the real world. Yeah. Christian, do you remember when we, we had a, a mystery come before where we had a very similar situation where pop culture, I think it was the alien abduction, and I think it was there was a uh, show on TV, a scientific show or a right. sci-fi oh. show around space and aliens, um, and that their story took a lot of that in theory. Yeah, the Barney and Betty Hill abduction. Yes. It was an episode yes. of, I think, The Twilight Zone, mm -hmm. I want to say. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you might be right, but I'm pretty sure it was a standalone show that I hadn't been familiar with. Either was way. It, it might have been both. I think but it might yeah, have been both. Basically, that, story. Yeah, yeah. we've we've encountered ex uh, times before where, due to very specific timing, it sounds like the story is built off of some pop culture that just immediately preceded it. Yeah. And uh, and it is worth mentioning that King Kong Came was like a month before that, in 1933, in March, right? And so we were talking about those yeah, photos, we were talking right. about the stories. There was a hit movie, and mm -hmm. it's on everyone's mind, and the movie I was referencing was a number 23. Jim Carrey. Yep. yep. It's his top-tier comedy. King Kong was one of the first films, just keeping on that thread. Of 2007, by the way. <laughs> the, the 90s of the 2000s. Yeah. King Kong is one of those films that actually introduced the idea of of uh, kaiju's, giant creatures existing in our real world. And I almost want to I almost want to say that this also helped spawn things like Hollow Earth and spawn things oh, like other yeah. cryptids because they had to in their story obviously you have Skull Island, mm -hmm. but in modern tellings of Godzilla and King Kong, right? We have the recent collaboration between those we IPs. Do. We have Hollow Earth. And I think that, that's you know, a, that's such a cool, just like, it's very thought, cool. I love right? that. And you, I mean, you have journey to the center of the earth. You have the land that time forgot. You have the lost world. All Brendan of these, Fraser. Brendan Fraser's, these are all movies. Listen, Jurassic Park, you primed me. It's in the notes. Yeah. Lost I didn't world. write that. Yeah. That's not me. It says lost world <laughs> I'm, there. I'm talking to Gracie through you. Okay. okay. Gracie, I see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does look. So it's almost like, dude, I'm telling you. I don't know what it is, your gut instinct, and you're looking at me like you know. You're like, this man is ethereal. <laughs> this man's gut check is always <laughs> predicting where we're headed. He's, it's like you've written this podcast like a film. Yeah. Because every time we go into an episode, he's like, this is what I'm feeling. Or even if we're joking around, he's digging into something that we get into. And right yeah. now we're talking about movies. In the, the 90s. Look, the look of smugness Alfredo <laughs> has right now. <laughs> yeah, so I just smug. don't know. I'm, I'm just reading the notes beforehand. My theory now is that you're an alien and a freak. <laughs> 
One of those I is am fact. One of those two things. We love that we do this in person now, man. I love that we do this in person. I love that we're in person, dude. Uh um, but yeah, I mean that's that's enough there, right? Like the fact that King Kong came out right around that time kind of yeah, really popularized that, that idea, uh, right? Like the Matrix when that came out, everyone's like, "Oh my god, what if this isn't real and this is all like, uh, you know?" It, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You have really big movies. It primes you to think in yeah. those lanes. Yeah, yeah. The Harry Potter came out. Everyone wanted to be wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you tell me, Christian, what? that movie hey, didn't up? come out. You didn't want doesn't to run matter. around with the wand. I was waiting for my Hogwarts letter. I disagree. There you, go. you know what? He doesn't never got matter. it though. No, I did. Doesn't matter. If <laughs> <laughs> it we were all waiting. We spent our whole childhood and young adulthood waiting for that letter, and no post came on any Sunday. But here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing about Harry Potter. The movie might not have come out in the '90s. Book series might doesn't might have, have to be in the '90s. But the story starts mm-hmm. in 1990. In in the lore of the book, the book first book takes oh, place in it really does, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Interesting. Man, the nineties are very centric to our reality. I think uh, the world does not. Ref- it's not heliocentric. It's the nineties repeating itself. It's not Earth centric. It is nineties centric. Yeah. This solar system revolves around the nineties. Everyone born outside of our generation. It's like the Matrix. It's too the 90- bad. It's the nineties reinventing itself. All right, this is where our ego peaks. Millennials, let's pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's let's get back to the to the topic. Yep, yep, yep. There have been there have been many samplings at the end of the day of the lock, even as recently as 2019, that have found evidence of over 3,000 species. But again, I need to reiterate, nothing coming close or even remotely that of a large enough creature to be considered a monster. So, I mean, even record-setting eels aren't really going to validate these large, large sightings that Folktale might have for us. See, the thing, like, we do a lot of cryptids, and I love them because they're just so interesting, and you've already heard about them most likely, and so it's like, cool, and now I get to know the history of it. Um, The things that I hope for when we do these episodes is just like give me that one little slice of like uh air quotes evidence right that Mm -hmm. makes me go i can't really explain that one right but i'm also keep the mystery alive yeah exactly i'm also satisfied by this one because it's like look at this by the way this is why it's not real look at this this is why it's not real Mm -hmm. and i i love that right and so yeah so hit me with the like yeah, I don't really know what that is, but I don't believe it. Right. Type thing. An itemized list of either like this, still question marks or mm-hmm. debunking, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is like, these are the like pieces of evidence. He's holding up a piece of paper. Yeah, it's on mine. There, yeah, it there, there it is. There it is. There it is. Got Nick it for can put in a little bit of like actual. <laughs> 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 but, um,. But yeah, I don't know. It's they're it's fun, man. It's fun doing cryptids. Uh, and you guys have really enjoyed them too. So I mean, we will continue to explore the world of cryptids, the supernatural. We're gonna keep our foot in every camp uh, because we are cryptids ourselves. We have ten feet each of us. And man, I I'm just really chuffed with how this show has evolved. I mean, Christian and I continue to talk behind the scenes where we're headed, where we want to take this show, what kind of formats we want to explore, whether visual or otherwise, more auditory you know, like narrative driven podcast would be yeah. kind of cool. But yeah, thank you guys so much for continuing to provide your feedback, reviewing us on Apple podcasts, sharing us with your friends and everything. 
you all resonating with these topics is what gives us the comfort and and freedom to really push our our boundaries. I mean, when we first started this podcast, we had a pretty strong niche of like exploring internet-based mysteries, which is still one of my favorite avenues. Yep. We're never going to leave it. Nope. But the fact that we've jumped into like treasure hunts and cryptids and aliens and all of these and, and even true crime is is really like kept this show alive for us and, and made it really, really interesting beyond um, what we had originally envisioned. So just wanted to, as always, take a little moment, take a little beat and say uh, thank you, Task Force. Yeah, for thank being you on so board. much. And I will not stop referencing movies until <laughs> I see a review that says, hey, I love this movie podcast. <laughs> and and occasionally, they, occasionally they dive into a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they talk about these fantastic films from the 90s and every now and then sprinkle in a little bit of mystery yeah. all the way. It's weird because they talk, they maybe give it one line and that's about it. Dude, I want to make like, uh, you know you know those posters where you can like scratch it off once you've seen it? Like Jeremy Dooley is, is a friend of ours, a co-worker and streamer. If you don't know him, you should really check him out. But he is like one of his like things that's so like Jeremy is that he doesn't watch a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. And so we make a lot of references yeah. when we work with him. And he's like, I never saw that. And yep. I'm like, you didn't see it. Anyway, he got a poster a long time ago that has all of these just top tier films, you know, Godfather, Star Wars, like oh, all yeah. these big ones. The big hitters. Yeah. And uh, almost soldiers. nothing from the 90s. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing? What did you say? <laughs> what are you laughing? Time splitters, what you say? Clock stoppers, what you no. say? Small soldiers. <laughs> Small soldiers, dude. Dude, I referenced 13th year last week and you didn't get it. And I'm disappointed. I know, sorry. Dang, I thought you, I went too deep all, in the 90s. All these big hitters. Small soldiers. <laughs> But like everybody else is just a toy. <laughs> so anyway, he's got this poster that's kind of like scratch off style. So once you've seen it, you can scratch it off, and it oh, like that's kind really of, cool. And it, and it's really aesthetically pleasing. Now I want to do like a uh, I don't know what it is. Whether it's like a red web like watch list oh, where it's yeah. like it's movies in conjunction with the topics, <laughs> or or it's just movie bingo. And when and just we smatter it with a bunch of '90s movies, and then when we say it, you have to check it off. And then like and when we get a bingo, yeah. in movie night, <laughs> red web movie night, red web movie night. Oh man. Um, but yeah, that's the Loch Ness monster. You know, uh, we've really scratched the surface on cryptids. There are so many. Obviously, we started with a lot of the big hitters, Chupacabra, Bigfoot, uh, Mothman, Loch Ness here. I'm just glad because, like, again, it's something that I've heard of. Oh, yeah. And, like, now I know I'm just like, okay, there's these two pieces of evidence, and this is how they're fake. And then also... <laughs> The shape of the Loch is not monster. It's just like, it's shape just totally water. made up. It is like the shape of water. Mm. Yeah. Can you bang a fish? <laughs> <laughs> there are hand signals, and that's all I'll tell if you. If you've seen the movie, you know it's hands open, two index fingers point out. Um, before we leave, I think we need to, was it Water Horse was the movie I referenced earlier on? We need to find the one. It's, it's Water Horse? Yeah, go ahead and look it up. Look it up sea Biscuit? One. Stop. <laughs> Spider-Man was in that one. It was. Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Toby Maguire. Man, I'm no, all, got, now I now I'm thinking about Spider-Man. I know. Not Water Horse is it 2007? This this thing? But that's the movie I referenced. When did you reference that? I didn't even hear that. It was the movie that I talked about with Fredo where I was like, yeah, some girl like kidnapped this baby hippo in the water oh, and yeah. like but it turned yeah. out like she raised it in the bathtub and then it turned out to be yeah, I remember that Loch Ness one. monster. 
I don't remember it. I just remember the trailer yeah. for it. It played before every film. Um, I've never heard of this movie. It's got a pretty decent review. Well, well, made 104 maybe. million dollars. Well, box we get bingo. We'll watch Water Horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we watch. Is Water Horse. <laughs> he has someone like trying to mark off that board for like five years, and then once the last movie is referenced, they just go, "Finally, what, what we, do I get to watch? We watch Water Horse. <laughs> oh, shit. you've won a prize. Turn over the poster. It's a DVD." Tape yeah. to the back. <laughs> Water horse. Oh, oh, what was this all for? All anyway, for we should stop this podcast yeah. before it goes too far. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We will see you, Fredo. I will see you next Monday for another mystery. Yeah, huh? you won't. Nah, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs>